Our best defense has been social distancing. No handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently. Did you wash your hands? Welcome to a special edition of Old Fashioned Health on The Real 1100. As we continue to deal with the coronavirus pandemic that has affected the world over, your hosts, Alvin and Edmund, will be joined by medical professionals that will keep you informed, safe, and healthy inside and out. And now, here are your hosts, Alvin and Edmund. How y'all doing out there? How y'all doing? This is Alvin. What's up, everybody? This is Edmund. Here on the Old Fashioned Health Show on The Real 1100. How's it going, man? Uh, everything is good, man. See how nice that weather is out there? It is beautiful. Very you can't, beautiful. You can't even tell coronavirus is out there. <laughs> it's like, ain't no corona out there. I can't see no corona. Well, you see no traffic out there. You, you, you know cor- somebody out there, right? Something's going on. <laughs> what's up, old school? Man, he, he masked up, man. Man, like, what's look, going look, on, my like brother? SWAT, man. Can I'm you hear him talking through the mask? I know, right? He got the mask on, y'all. He he is he suited up right Yeah, now. man. I'm protected. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hey, y'all, we got a great show today. We here at the Old Fashioned Health Show here on The Real 1100. Our goal is to bring some healthy information, products, service. But right now, this particular show we do every Thursday is uh, is an update and everything all about corona, uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, better COVID-19. known as COVID-19. And uh, are you seeing some changes around in your area where you live, man? Uh, yeah, I am actually seeing changes in the area that I live in. Um, I'm seeing more and more and more people actually wearing masks what about you know. staying in the house um staying in the house oh well not so then are, are they social distancing like they should yeah to? definitely okay. okay so the weird part is you know if you do get out get some exercise get some sunshine right that whole nine like uh dr alexander recommends mm-hmm. um you know i find when you're walking on the sidewalk and people are coming down people really go out of their way to like avoid each other i know right literally to the <laughs> point to where you distance yourself so much where you don't even make eye contact and acknowledge and say hello right you know and on one point it's kind of like at least it's allowing you to stay your distance but on the other point it's like are we also not only physically disconnecting ourselves but are we disconnecting ourselves on a emotional or spiritual level with people that we don't you know necessarily know right but the good the good part about it is that you know uh, family members and loved ones, I feel, are really, really starting to reconnect and and ground, you know, right. get their roots Being and in stuff. The house, that, yeah, 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 I think that's and true communicate too. by phone and and video and that whole night, Facetime, yeah, and all, all that. that good stuff. So listen, y'all, today uh, on Thursday, what we usually do is we have our panel of doctors to call in and our, our different guests that we may have. But our panel of doctors is uh, Dr. Elmo Alexander from Smartplex Atlanta. We have Dr. Carissa Hines. Uh, she's a, a medical consultant and ER doctor. And then we have Dr. Donna Sewer. Um, she does mental health and things like that. Uh, so these are the <clears throat> three doctors that will be calling in today with us. And we're going to go over some different topics. So um, the topics we're going to discuss today is the coronavirus strands. You, you keep hearing a lot of different things about the coronavirus. And whether it's been here before, it's on the back of a Lysol can and all those kind of things. Well... Doc is going to talk to us today about how many strands there are and why this is called uh, COVID-19. Um, and then we have uh, Dr. Sewell is going to talk about dealing with loss. Have you noticed there's a lot of people have been uh, passing away and they can't get to the hospital with their families? That's, that's sad. Right? I, I hear that a lot. Yeah, that's definitely <clears throat> something sad to hear. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of hard. Situation. Yeah, that's hard. So she's going to talk about dealing with loss, Dr. Dr. Sewell. She's going to call us at 345. And then Dr. Hines is going to talk about this drug. It's called the Truth About, 
the truth about I cannot pronounce this drug. She's going to pronounce it for you, but it's spelled P-L-A-Q-U-E-N-I-L is the, is the uh, drug. So she's going to be calling and telling us the truth about the drug. She's real passionate about making sure you have the right products you need for it as far as medicine is concerned for your health. All right. So Doc is going to call in first in about in a few minutes. He calls in uh, at, at 310 every Thursday. And we're going to get this party started. But right now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get this show started. This is Alvin and Edmund uh, on the Old Fashioned Health Show on The Real 1100. Life happens, and when it does, the law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson, PC, and Tamara Wood is the law firm people turn to for planning and managing their legal affairs and protecting their current and future assets. The firm specializes in wealth protection through legal services that include estate planning, probate administration, and guardianship. 
This law firm promises to be truthful and honest, provide personalized attention, and they are focused on results that best suit your needs. For a consultation, contact them today at 404-584-5555 or visit them on the web at adjpclaw.com. The law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson, PC, and Tamira Wood, helping you plan for today and for the future so you can get on with the business of living. Meet Barbara Ann Bird, author, chef, coach, educator, multi-business owner. She's a CBD advocate that supports the many health benefits of CBD. Contact Barbara Bird for more information about CBD benefits and business opportunities at www.barbaraannbird.com or email at infobarbaraannbird at gmail.com or give her a call at 770-733-0525. Barbara Ann Bird, your serialpreneur. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Old Fashioned Health Show, Good Health Inside and Out. I'm here with my co-host, Edmund. What's up, everybody? All right, y'all. We already been chatting it up like we some doctors. But <laughs> we had a real doctor on the other line. Which is we have Dr. Alexander. How you doing, man? You on the line? Oh, good afternoon. I am here. How's everybody doing? Dr. Alexander, how are you, man? Good to hear you. Oh, Edmund, it's great to hear your voice. Great <laughs> to be here. Let's give some good information to everybody today. All right, let's, All right, do it. let's go. Let's go. Uh, but first, before we go, let's just take up with one part where we left off at. What was that? He was explaining about vitamin D and the purpose of way the vitamin, why the sunlight needs to hit your body. Doc, you want you want to uh, give people a little bit more information on that? Yeah, you know, vitamin D is uh, it's a it's a it's a great vitamin and it's a great um, thing for us to be able to. Um, make sure that we get. And so one of the things that we need to do is keep in mind that vitamin D is not only a vitamin, but it's also a hormone. And it's vital to us as far as being able to um, have a very strong immune system, not just to have strong bones and those kinds of things. And one of the things that we need to do is, besides taking a supplement when there's no sun out, when there is sun, we need to take full advantage of it. And the way you do that is, you actually, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah really we good. can hear you clear. Really good. Okay, yeah, I hear a lot of music or something in the background. Um, okay, so um, one of the things that you need to do is you need to get vitamin, you need to get the sunlight on your body, but specifically the trunk. And so you need to take off your shirt if you can. If you're, you know, women and, and there's somebody around, you need to have, you know, something to cover you up, you know, especially here in, in the States. But as much of the body or the trunk of the body is as exposed as, as possible. And so um, you want to get at least 10 minutes of sunlight on the front of the body and 10 minutes of uh, sunlight on the, on the back of the body um, from about the mid-thighs up to about the neck. Okay. And you're going to make the most amount of vitamin D there. So when you hear me talking about I got my shirt off and I'm sitting on the deck, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get some vitamin D. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. We want to clear that up so people can understand what's the purpose of, of how you how you need to uh, absorb the sunlight. Doc, I knew what you were talking about from the last last show yeah. when you mentioned that and you said about the trunk or whatever. So I, I get that part. And I'm glad that you explained it, um, you know, in regards to that so I can – Incorporate that element into the fashion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not going to tell y'all, but uh, our uh, my co-host here has already decided he's going to design some uh, running 
trunks. Yeah, run it. Well, don't put it out because you know <laughs> we'll drop that soon enough. But right, continue, right, Doc. Right, Let's right, get this go good go information for everybody. Let's, you know, for your for your for your private area, you know, when you when you're in your private area, you know, you can put a speedo on, you know. So, uh, you know, it, it's only for ten minutes on the front and ten minutes on the back. That's all you need. Don't sunbathe because if you sunbathe, then what you're actually doing is you're actually creating what they call free radicals. Mm. Free radicals. Doc, I think we may have lost you. Doc, I think your Bluetooth may have disconnected. So that last portion that you spoke about. We'll give you a second. Well, okay. I think Doc might have to call back in the uh, Bluetooth technology. But anyway, uh, he's going to come when he's going to call back in in just a second. We had a bad connection. Uh, what Doc is going to talk to us about is the different strands of the coronavirus. Uh, everybody keeps talking about COVID nineteen, but uh, as my co-host and I was just talking about a minute ago. We really not certain about because some of the questions in the news is whether or not uh, you can catch it again or whether or not, you know, there's more than one strand. So uh, Doc is going to talk to us when he calls back in on the various strands that there are of the coronavirus, especially when you start seeing them on the back of a Lysol can and thinking, it's, you know, all that stuff. So we got it back on the line now, Doc. All right. So take us off. Take off with us about this coronavirus strands and what it is. You there? Can you hear that? I think we have some issues with this phone. Maybe the Bluetooth. Uh-uh. Doc, are you in your car riding? All right, we'll give him a sec, everybody, just to get that cleared up. Yeah, I think he's calling back in again. Let's see if we... Hello. Doc, Doc? are you there? Yeah, we're reconnected. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got yeah. you cleared now. We had some issues before. I don't know if it's a Bluetooth or what, but yeah, continue what you were saying about the uh, different versions of the corona strand, corona, uh, coronavirus strand. Oh, okay. So we're going to be talking about Corona strain. I didn't hear that question. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, Corona is a, um, it's a family of viruses. All right. And so when you hear about coronavirus, it, there's not one, there's, there's multiple ones. And what they do is they actually infect mammals and birds. The one that we've been talking about is the one that is called COVID-19. That one came about, it is a new virus that, that sort of infected man. We don't know if it actually came from, uh, I guess they, they connected maybe close to, to uh, bats. It may have been uh, one that was in bats, and then it crossed over into some meat, and then it got into us, okay? We're not sure if that is actually the case, but what they did find was that the bats, the one that infects the bats, it's the closest one to any of the coronaviruses out there. So what I mean by this is this. Every coronavirus infects uh, a mammal or a a bird specifically. So the one that infects a bird, say a chicken, doesn't necessarily infect a um, uh, a dog or a cat. Okay. They're different for each species. The one that they have found that is this COVID-19 actually um, uh, is very close to the one that's in bats. But when they look at it, the, some of the sequences are a little different. So it's not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 we think it's close. But we don't know that it is the exact same one. So we don't really know how this thing came about. But what we do know is this, is that when we call it COVID-19, it was discovered in 2019. And it, um, the, the CO stands for corona, the VI stands for virus, the D stands for, for disease. And when they 
talked about 2019. They said it was a novel virus, meaning it was a new one. So this is totally new. It's totally new. And so we don't know how it, it will, you know, how it infects. We don't know how long it'll be here. There's an awful lot we don't know about it. We're just speculating as mm. to what uh, this virus will do. Okay. Okay. See, so tell me about uh, what, what we've been hearing in the news about whether or not you can get, uh, if you had it once, can you have it twice? Can, can you hear me, Doc? Yeah, I think we, I think we might be having a bad connection with this. Are you? He may be in a vehicle or something. Yeah, we're having yeah. some issues with Doc. So <clears throat> we'll try to get him back on the line, get a clear line. Yeah. Meanwhile, how is everyone else holding up out there? Um, watching any good movies? Uh, man, learning anything to, different? I'm <laughs> about Netflix out. Man, <laughs> you know what? So be honest with you, I don't really. I haven't been watching a lot of television. To be honest with you. I, okay. I've, I've been busy. Right. But but let me ask you something about this thing. Do you believe? Do you believe based on what you're hearing in the news? Do you believe that there's more? Do you believe that if you've had the virus once, that you can have it a second time? Well, uh, it's funny you ask that because on my way in, um, CNN, you know, was reporting something and I heard just a little bit of that conversation. They were saying there were some reports out of, if I'm not mistaken, China, mm -hmm. where uh, some people that had previously had the disease and they had gotten over it or mm -hmm. recovered have now possibly, you know, uh, tested positive for it. So they're trying to figure out if it's something that is like within once it's in your system is there kind of like uh chicken pox or something to that nature that you know is just really holes within okay we got doc back on the line everybody let's see what he's talking about okay let's see you know what i'm gonna hang up i'm gonna try one other no we, I don't we, know if it's we, we or there's a we, we hear you we can hear you you're clear now uh, yeah i believe it's doc so go ahead on I mean, you saying what they say in china Oh, well, they were, they were trying to figure out, uh, you know, what's going on with the people that may possibly be testing positive again for a coronavirus. And um, they're hoping that that's not necessarily the situation. It could be that your body just, you know, once you have it, it is yeah. there. Right. You Doc, know? you there? Doc is here again. Okay, Doc. Okay. I tried, tried a different uh, line. Let's see if this works better. Yeah. You see, so I'm not sure what you guys heard up to that point. Where do we get disconnected? Well, we was asking about uh, we was asking about the different strands of coronavirus, and you, I think you told us all the way up to that the explanation, is, the explanation, and what COVID nineteen uh, meant. Yes. Okay, so uh, yeah, there's there's actually about eight different strains that are affecting humans right now across the world. Okay, so they're all slightly different, and because of that, we don't know whether or not the immunity, if you have one strain, will give you immunity to all of them. So we have to be very careful in making sure that um, we don't get very lax when we're dealing with this virus. It may be like certain flu viruses. You know, every year, the flu vaccine comes out, and we find out that um, you get some immunity to one of the flus, but that the strain that they're trying to vaccinate you to for the next year, it, it doesn't give you immunity. So even when a, vi when a vaccine comes out, it may not cover all of the different strands that are affecting humans that are out there. So we have to be very careful about that. Okay, so... So, uh, Edmund and I were just talking about when he was coming in to the station that he had heard something on CNN about uh, people that that got, I guess, that uh, got over the virus the first time are now showing that they uh, have the coronavirus back in their system. So, uh, do you think that uh, it's a new strand, or is it possible that once you get it, you can get it a second time? Well, it, it may be possible that you can get it a second time, but it also may be possible that... Um 
there it may be some of the testing that they're doing um, for that. So what I mean by this is that there are two different types of tests that are out there as far as quick tests. There's one that the lab does, and then there's two quick tests. Mm-hmm. These quick tests, one actually measures the antigen and whether or not the virus is there right now. The other one measures the antibody. And so if you measure the antibody, it doesn't tell you exactly whether or not you have the infection now or you had it before. You may actually have resistance. Mm -hmm. So um, when they say, you know, if the person is sick again, then of course then we say, well, there there might be a reinfection or maybe the infection never went away. But if you test someone now, uh, as a matter of fact, I saw a video, a young lady was talking about this, and she was so upset because she said she tested positive. Then when they sent her home, she was still positive. Well, if they did the antibody test the second time, you would be positive because you have antibodies. And if somebody misinterpreted that, they would tell them, oh, you're still infected, and you can be infecting other people. So there's a lot, a lot of confusion about what's going on. Now, when you look at antibodies specifically, there's an IgM, and that means that you are infective now. And then there's an IgG antibody, means that you had it in the past, and you now have immunity. That's what we really need to be testing, is whether you have an IgM, happening right now and then after you start to get immunity you cross over and you get the IgG so now you know this person probably has some immunity but let's just say there's two strands out here now which we may not be identifying with the quick test we may only be identifying that it's COVID-19 but it may not be COVID-19A or COVID-19B or C right right so if you got COVID-19A it's just like when you get flu A and then you come back so you get that in November, and you come back in, in February, and you get the flu again, but it was flu B. Mm. Right? So this we may be dealing with something like this, and they just haven't figured out and identified all the subgroups because we're just now starting to get tests that even some of the people can run. So definitely we don't have tests that are going to tell you whether it's the A strand or B strand or the B or C strand or, you know, all the way up to the, the eight or nine strands that are out there. So it may be possible that you get it again, but you may not be getting the same one. You may be getting another strand. Wow. That's deep. So so what what do you, man, so do you think it's, well, not being optimistic or or just overzealous about it, but as far as things getting back to, not necessarily getting back to normal, but with this virus, do you foresee that it'll get to the point where we can, like, kind of get some sense of, doing some of the stuff we used to do? Or do you think it's going to always be like a shell shot experience, like you're just scared because you don't know how many more strands are out there? Or do you think it's going to keep popping up with some strand of the, of the virus? Well, you know, that's, that's a great question, Alvin. And um, I, I don't know if there's an easy answer to this. I do think that, I mean, obviously we're going to have to get back to uh, functioning at some point. You know, the problem that we're having is, is that we're still, the, the, the hospitals are still overloaded. No matter what you're hearing about we need to open up and people are protesting all this kind of stuff that's going on now. Mm. The, the fact remains that there are a lot of people who have other illnesses mm-hmm. that may be dying from the effects of the, the COVID. And, and it may not be directly, it may be indirectly. So let's say, for instance, you have a heart attack, okay, and the ambulances were out picking up people for COVID. And here you are, you need to be in the hospital within you know, eight, nine minutes. Mm. But now it's taking you 30 minutes to get an ambulance to you because the ambulances are deployed to all these people that have COVID-19. Wow. That person's going to die from a heart attack, 
but it's because of all the effects of COVID. Mm. And, and this is the part that people aren't understanding is that, you know, the system can only handle so much. So there's people still having heart attacks. There's still people having strokes. You know, with stroke, you have to be in place within an hour in a facility with them giving you the right kinds of medications if you have um, an embolic stroke. This means that it, you didn't bleed, but you had something that blocked something in the brain and made you stroke. If you get there within 60 minutes, that golden hour, and really we like to get you there within that golden 30 minutes or 45 minutes, but you get within that golden hour, you have a chance of getting full recovery. But if all the beds are taken up by COVID people, you're mm. not going to make that golden hour, and you're going to have some bad problems. So this is where the strain is on the system, and people are not taking it seriously. And, and also, people still aren't thinking about changing their diet, trying to improve their immune system, getting themselves ready to fight this thing. The more we do on our own mm -hmm. to get our bodies ready and think about the foods that we're intaking, think about the alcohol that we're drinking, think about the things that are not giving a positive impact to the body so it can fight this, mm -hmm. we're going to still have a lot of disease. Corona should not be feared if you're healthy. And, and healthy doesn't mean you look healthy. Because look how many people have been on the news, and they said, well, he looked like he was healthy. He was just not, but he had bad habits. Right. Okay? That's mm. where this thing is, and that's where we fight this. And if we can get to that, we're going to get back to normality. If not, we'll be functioning, but there's going to be a lot of people dying on the sidelines. Well, Doc, I tell you, that, that man, you, that, that last, this, man, you, you gave us some, some, something to think about. And, and I try, we try hard, on, on, even on the air, is to convince people to eat right, social distancing, especially eat right. And wear your mask. And wear your mask, you know. But just like you said, if we don't practice changing our habits, then we're gonna, this is going to be a long time going away. And I appreciate you sharing that information with us, man. We look forward to hearing from you next Thursday. Uh, he has some, uh, a tasty topic next week. He wants to talk about food and nutrition. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that one. <laughs> All right, Doc. Thank you so much, man. And can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks for having me. It's been a great show. Thank All you right. so much. I appreciate you guys. You're doing a wonderful Stay job. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hey, it's Dr. Hines. How Do are you all? Dr. Hello, Hines, Dr. Hines, how you doing? Good. I'm a few minutes early, so well, I don't mind if y'all put me on hold. Mm -mm, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep this thing rolling. We I'm got you live. We got on you rolling already. So you just come on and give us. I could pronounce this drug. I feel so bad, y'all. We have Dr. Hines on the line with us now. And she's going to talk Hello. about the, the truth about this medication. What is this medicine called, Doc? So the drug is called, um, uh, the generic name is hydroxychloroquine. Uh, but the trade name and the name that people are probably more commonly um, acquainted with is Plaquenil. Okay. Plaquenil. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, so um, in talking about Plaquenil, because people have been, um, you know, ranting and raving about this drug that is the it's the cure for the COVID-19 disease and such things. Um, and so I just wanted to just kind of stop by and hello to all of your listeners. Um, just stop by and talk about that medicine for um, for a few minutes. Okay. Um, so Plaquenil or hydroxychloroquine um, is a medication that is that was first used for malaria, actually, um, and now is used uh, to treat people with autoimmune diseases, uh, most notably lupus. Um, so you know, so people have been using this drug under those um, those kinds of conditions. Um, 
So how this came to be a part of the coronavirus-19 um, conversation was this French study that was done that said that um, this drug would decrease the viral load or the amount of virus in the body um, of someone who tested positive for coronavirus um, or was symptomatic due to COVID-19. Hmm. Um, the problem with the study is that, you know, there was a very small sample size um, only 26 patients were um, were in this in this study, um, and it wasn't it wasn't done according to um, the usual and standard methods that we use to evaluate a drug's effectiveness against a disease. Um, so there was a the small sample size is the first challenge um, with this study. Um, usually when we study drugs or when a drug is studied, there will be hundreds, if not thousands, of participants um, in a study, and the study will go on for a certain period of time. Um, usually the, the test subjects are divided into groups, um, which that did not happen into this, in this study. Um, so when we look at studies, we talk about something being randomized and something being blind. Um, so randomized means that we'll separate the, the test participants into two groups. Mm -hmm. um, one of those groups will get the medication and one of those groups will get a placebo. Um, so that's the randomized part of, of a study. When we also talk about a study being blind, of those two groups, the participants don't know which group they're in. Mm. So they don't know if they got the drug or if they got the placebo. And so, you know, they are administered the drug over whatever period of time um, is designated for the study, and then we look and see what the results are. And in setting up a drug study in this way, it helps us to get an unbiased result. Okay. Um, because it may be, you know, that this is, if this is a drug that is showing promise, um, you may want to help the study out because you want people to get this medication and get better, right? Right, right. Um, and that's a good thing, but it's not a good thing if you want to talk about the effectiveness, the true effectiveness of a drug. Um, so, you know, so that didn't happen in this study. So basically, these doctors gave 26 people this medicine and said, let's see what happens. Mm. Um, and so and then also there were um, these patients were set over two different hospitals. So you didn't have any kind of controls as to having everybody all in one environment getting the same doses, getting the same um, interval of drug. So, you know, you really can't base a whole lot off of, of, off of what this study um, was saying, although unfortunately it ran like wildfire, um, you know, that this is the, the cure-all for this thing. Um, but what people don't, what is not mentioned about this study is that six people left the study due to having complications. So that only puts you down to 20 people um, wow. that they studied, an even smaller sample size. So, um, you know, they had to stop the treatment because of side effects um, or either their disease was getting worsened or some people actually died. Um, so, and this is the drug so, that they're trying to give people to treat them now? Say again. And this is a drug that they're using to treat COVID patients right now? This is a drug that, that is not being used per se, but this is the drug that people are saying they need to give. Um, so, you know, for those of us in the medical community, whenever someone says, oh, this drug treats XYZ, 
we rely on the data. You can't just come and tell us that this works. You have to prove it. Okay. Um, because these drugs are not without side effects. And Plaquenil is, uh, I'll just kind of go down a list of a few yes. of them. Okay. Um, so you can have what's called retinopathy or damage to your retina, so it can affect your eyesight. Uh, you can have low blood sugar. You can have uh, cardiomyopathy, which is an enlargement of your heart, which will in, in, in turn affect how well your heart pumps blood through your body. Uh, you can have what's called a QT interval prolongation, which when we look at the EKG, there are different segments um, of your heartbeat that we analyze on the EKG. And the QT interval is one of those that we look at. If this interval prolongs or becomes longer on the, on the EKG, um, that can lead to a very dangerous and very deadly heart rhythm problem. Mm. Um, there is also ototoxicity, which can lead to this. This affects your hearing. You can have hearing loss. Um, you can have muscle weakness, anemias, and nerve pain, just to name a few. So this is not a drug that we can just say, you know, here, take it, may the force be with you, and all of that. Mm. You know, we can't because this is a very dangerous drug that um, has to be prescribed by people who know what they're doing with this drug. Um, so that is why we are not recommending that people take this medicine to try and prevent anything. Um, and we are very, very cautious about who we give this medication to because these side effects can happen. Um, and we don't even know really, based upon the studies, we don't even know if it really will work. So are we risking very bad things to happen to patients on something that we don't even know for sure, that we don't have any studies out that says, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, the benefit is is more than the risk. Damn. So that's why the medical community has been pushing back on the Plaquenil. It, is it worth being investigated? Sure, because at this point, if it really is something that will help people, um, then we want people to have it. But we want them to have it when it when we know that it is safe. Dr. Hines, a question for you. Yeah. Is there yeah. any type of optimistic outlook that maybe you may give us a little insight on in regards to like the research of COVID or uh, any type of um, drug medication prevention um, even like have you maybe I know this may be a different question but question some of the people that have actually survived COVID and are now somewhat back healthy so here is the thing that, that we don't know with using um, Plaquenil so I don't know, because there are some people who are getting better with nothing, right, with just the symptomatic support. So that is the whole thing is that, you know, I don't know when I look at a group, I don't know if this individual group of people would um, have gotten better anyway, mm. or are they better because of the drug? Mm. That is the question that we can't answer at this point. Okay. Um, because there are some people who are positive who never show symptoms their symptoms are very mild um you know we're still all working this out because as i was talking with you all last week this is a new virus so we are still learning um as the days go on um there are um in addition to the plaquenil there is a drug that is an antiviral drug called remdesivir remdesivir mm -hmm. excuse me let me say that again remdesivir um, that is currently under investigation. 
Um, so there has not been any data as far as what, what I could find. There has not been any data released um, as of yet to say that this works or doesn't work. Um, but how this antiviral is supposed to work, how they're theorizing it works, is that it stops the replication of the virus. So your viral load or how much virus you have in the body will be lessened and therefore the expression of that virus will also be lessened and perhaps people will get better in a shorter period of time. That's the theory. Um, but of course the data, the data isn't available to say that that is true and under what circumstances is that true. What do you, okay, this this be the last question. I won't keep you on long. Um, what about a person coming in? I've seen on the news where people come in, they, they were perfectly healthy. But as uh -huh. Dr. Alexander said, they, they may have had some, some, some bad habits, although they looked and might have been healthy. Uh -huh. Are you seeing any people come in there that, I guess it's all based on what they can tell you, that are really, really healthy doing all the things they're supposed to do and or that they can do? and not having any problems with the virus or come in, catch a cold, and then they out. Do you think a lot of it has to do with the way we, the health aspect of it or how they're eating? So to be honest with you, we really don't know because there are people who truly are healthy. I mean, you know, there have been reports of people who are runners and, you know, they don't smoke and they don't drink alcohol and they get this virus and they're very, very sick and they're dying. Um, which, you know, you would think that someone who was relatively young, relatively healthy, active, eating right, doing all of the things that we tell patients to do would have some kind of reserve to fight this. And that is, that is one of the things that is a curiosity that we're still trying to figure out. Why is it or how is it that someone who is young and healthy gets this virus and has very devastating effects Whereas you have someone who, you know, there have been the reports, and I'm sure you've seen the news um, mm. stories, on these elder people who are being discharged from the hospital and they're recovering. Yep, I saw that. I saw a couple that was some, some yeah. 80, 80 years old. Yeah. I have not seen that. Yeah. I have to check that out. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so we don't know why that is yet. Um, wow. Yeah, so, there, you know, there are just still a lot of unknowns um, right now, and so... Time and investigation is what's going to tell the tale, you know, that we're just kind of walking through this um, as of now. Together. Yeah. So, so Doc, um, so then I'm going to let you go because so, we got Dr. Seward was going to call in a second. So do, would you agree that the best thing we could do <clears throat> is wash our hands, social distancing, uh, wear a mask if you can, and a whole bunch of prayer? Does that sound like a good prescription? I, I would prescribe all of that. I, I would agree with all of that because until we know definitively what cause, you know, what causes some people to be sick and some people to not, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to not be exposed. And the best way at this point to do that is to social isolate, to stay at home, um, you know, keep your hands clean. If you have, if you start to have symptoms, seek medical attention. Um, and, and, and prayer, I always say that prayer helps. Yes. I agree with that. Well, Doc, thank you so, oh, my God, you've been a plethora of great information for us today. Thank you so very thank much. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. <laughs> and looking forward to you on next Thursday. See what other treats you got for us. Doc, you always come with some good stuff. I really, I'd be excited about it. Let's see what Doc got to tell us today. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good one. Be safe. Stay safe. All righty. Y'all have a great week and be safe. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye.
All right, y'all, we're going to take a break. Uh, you've been listening to Dr. Alexander and Dr. Hines. And when we come back you know, after this break uh, a little bit, we're going to listen to Dr. Sewell talk about the mental health piece of this. This is Alvin and Edmund on the Old Fashioned Health Show on The Real 1100. Just for Pets Wellness Center, our expert veterinary team provides personal, professional, and compassionate services to your beloved pets. You can rely on us for pet wellness exams, medical care and treatments, dentistry, and surgical care. We provide a clean, safe, and caring environment for dogs, cats, and pocket pets with exceptional care, always the standard. We're doggone good and the cats meow. Visit our website for more information at www.just number four pets fl dot vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721 all right y'all welcome back to the old-fashioned health show good health inside and out you have us here bringing you the best information we can about the COVID 19 this is alvin and edmund and edmund and uh we have dr sewell on the line that's going to talk to us now about dealing with loss throughout this cold COVID 19 dr sewell Yes, gentlemen, how are you? Doing great, Doing thank well. you. That's good, that's good. So I have a lot of information to get through, so I'm going to be speaking um, kind of quickly. Okay. 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 All right. All right. So one of the things that, what I want to do is I want to talk about loss from two different perspectives. I want to talk about it from the social mm-hmm. perspective, 
and I would like to talk about it from the actual physical loss and physical death perspective. Um, as you know, last week we talked about, or I talked about many of the recommendations and guidelines that are, uh, are being recommended and that are needed to keep us safe and protected from contracting uh, COVID-19 or the antithesis or the exact opposite of what we need to maintain a positive and healthy emotional well-being or positive and healthy emotional wellness. One of those things is isolation, which is what we should do. When I talk about isolation, what they're talking about is social distancing. That's your favorite word now, Mr. Alvin. Yes, it social is. Social distancing. Right. And also what they do is they tell us to stay in the house as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So here's, here's what the problem is for some people. Isolation to some people is, is, is equal to loss. It is equal to loss. If you think about a person who's elderly, a person who's handicapped, a person who does not have a lot of support that is in um, a lot of family support, mm. um, and they may get their support from work because there are some people who get their support from work, this is exacerbating or making things worse for them. What it does is it can increase a person's anxiety and it can increase depression if you're already dealing with depression because keep in mind one of the things i talked about last week is that as a rule we are we have we're social beings yes we rely up on interpersonal relationships and although we can get some of those things on social media it's not the same yeah. you know all of us have friends and family that like to touch each other you know they like to touch you when they're talking to you or like they like to feel in close proximity right so then we have the physical death piece. So what we're seeing a lot of on the news right now is that people who are sick from complications of COVID-19, and it may not even be complications of COVID-19 or COVID-19, it may be some other ailment, their family members are not even able to go in there and hold their hand. Mm. They're not, particularly if they, because here's the thing, they're, uh, they're minimizing the number of people coming into the hospital right now because they're trying to reduce the risk of spreading COVID-19. Right. So, again, we have something where we're looking at a loss of that interpersonal communication, and it is causing a lot of anguish. And then, listen to this, we have, I have quite a few associates. They have had relatives to pass away, right. some from COVID-19 complications, others not from COVID-19 complications. But nevertheless, what do you do? Because you, because you can't have a funeral. Yeah, right. You cannot. And and here's the thing. Here's the reliance upon that interpersonal communication again. A lot of times the way we celebrate someone's life is that we fellowship. Right. Right? We yeah. do it during the wake. We do it when we go into uh, the church or mosque or temple. And, you know, sometimes we have a little get-together afterwards. Yep. We have a little get-together afterwards because we're learning to celebrate a person's life. Right. Now, these things are interconnected, but you may not really be looking at the one thing that they all have in common is some form, you're going through some form of bereavement or grief. Hmm. This whole process for us, we are going through bereavement and a grieving period, whether we're talking about a physical death, whether we're talking about loss of communication, whether we're talking about loss of job, whether we're talking about that loss of that sense of touch. Anytime you have a major life transition, you will go through a grieving period. And some of us are going through that. 
one of the areas that I look at or one of the people that I look at when we talk about grieving, I know everybody loves Kugler Ross and she's fantastic. But I also like this guy named Granger Westberg because he breaks it all the way down. He has a book called Good Grief. It was it was in um, he um, published it, I think, in 1971, 73, somewhere around there. Mm. But it is very explicit. Ten stages. You're in a state. And here's the thing about grief. All of us may not go through the same stages. We may not go through the stages in this order. We will bounce back and forth between stages. And some of us, it's all good. It's limited. So here are the 10 steps. I'm not, I'm not going to go into detail, but just so you understand, because some of the listening audience may be going through these things. Okay. And then once I talk, finish talking about this or going through this, I'm going to talk about a litany, not of resources, but things that you can do to, to try to help yourself feel better. Okay? okay? Right. So, so the 10 stages of grief, according to Granger Westberg. You're in a state of shock when something first happens. Mm. Then you start expressing emotion. That's stage two. That emotion could be anger. It could be a number of things. Anger, denial, it could be a number of things. Stage three, you feel depressed and very lonely. Now, keep in mind, a lot of times when we're talking about stages of grief, we think we're talking about a person, but some people are going through these same things mm. with the recommendations that are being placed <clears throat> upon us, and rightfully so. Not just the grief, but the recommendations, because we have to stay safe and healthy. Right. We may experience physical symptoms of distress. I talked about anxiety. I'm going to talk about that in another show, but anxiety. That anxiety, that nervousness, that feeling, that, that feeling of being overwhelmed. Sometimes people are having panic attacks. It feels like they're having a heart attack because their chest tightens up. Mm -hmm. They start sweating, those types of things. Uh, we may become panicky. Just what I talked about, we may feel a sense of guilt about the loss. Now, this definitely goes into, this can go in physical or employment, because here's the thing. Some of us have friends that have lost their jobs, and they don't know what to do, and then some of us are doing okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a sense of guilt. The same is it, the same as why is it that I'm, I'm unhealthy? I'm the person who did nothing right. I was drinking, smoking, didn't exercise. I like my chitlins and my collard greens and all that on a regular basis, not once or twice a year. On a regular basis, I'm still living, but then somebody who was doing, quote-unquote, what they were supposed to do, they passed away from COVID or COVID complication. Um, we're filled with anger and resentment. We kind of resist. At some point, we're probably going to resist to returning to that natural way of life once this band is lifted. And, we gra and gradually, hope will come through. And then the last thing is we struggle to affirm what our new reality is going to be. So some people are going through those stages right now, and keep that in mind when you're kind of looking at them, saying, "Hey, man, this is part. This is this is part of our life now. This is the new normal. You need to get over it. Understand they're grieving right now. Mm -hmm. So here are some things that we can look at doing. If you're suffering from anxiety, one of the things that I recommend is doing deep breathing with guided imagery or some type of recitation. When I say deep breathing, I mean breathing from the diaphragm. Some people cannot sit still that long. So what I say is concentrate. When I say guided imagery, think about somewhere you've been. If you like to hike or travel, I like, I like to hike. If you like to do that and you have your, you see somewhere scenic mm -hmm. and you were very calm when you saw that place, try to take yourself back to that when you're doing that deep breathing and try to put yourself that there. Okay. That's almost like mindfulness. Okay. When I yeah. say recitation, if you can't do that or you haven't been to a place like that, think of a song that's positive yeah. and concentrate on those lyrics. Think of a passage or a scripture or a poem that puts you in a good space. Nothing is going to make you want to go and slap somebody like DMX. <laughs> no, love song, no love song because you might be having a good day with your significant other one day and then the love song may mean something else the next day. Okay, exercise. You know, I'm a proponent of exercising. 
is also if you participate, if you have a hobby or interest that you can do um, in close proximity of your home or in the home where you can still practice social distancing, then practice that. And right now they even have virtual exercise groups right now where, where you can still communicate with people and do mm-hmm. exercising. Also, one of the things to look at if you're suffering with anxiety or dealing with anxiety right now is try to find out after you after that feeling of anxiety has left you, Try to remember how, what was going on prior to that, because you know what? You may be able to identify your trigger. And once you can identify your trigger for that anxiety, then you can start dealing with it a little bit better. And you know when that anxiety is going to hit what you need to do to kind of reduce the risk of that. If you have somebody that's elderly shut in or, or you know, um, they're in the hospital, there are things we see this on the news all of the time. You can check on them by calling. You can visit, knock on the door, just stand in the yard when you talk to them. For people who are celebrating birthdays, like in the nursing home or they're in the hospital, sometimes the hospitals are allowing people in if it's somebody that's really sick. And you can hold up a sign telling them how much you love them if you can't talk to them on the phone. These may not be the best. It may not be the best, but it's what we have right now. You can send those people a letter and say, hey, Hey, you know, to your grandmother, you know, hey, I love you, I miss you. Not just, not just calling, but don't because everybody is not media, is, is not tech savvy. Right. Everybody is not tech savvy, and we know we can do it virtually as well. If you have a family member that passes away, they have something called ForeverMissed.com. Okay. ForeverMissed.com. Now, it's not in every city or state, but I urge you to check with the funeral home if somebody passes away. This is basically where you can stream your online service. You can put the eulogy online. People can write different comments. Not the eulogy, I'm sorry, the, the obit mm-hmm. online. People can write different comments like, hey, you're going to be well missed, so on and so forth. You can put family pictures up there, pictures from, you know, happier times or happier days. This is something that you can do. And then when you finish with that, for those who are tech savvy or you, you may have to teach your, your parents to be tech savvy or sit there while they get on, you can get on Facebook and do, and do some type of streaming. Mm-hmm. If, if you choose to, to celebrate that person until all of you guys can get together. Because everybody loves throwback pics. Right. Everybody loves throwback pics. Mr. Watson, I have a pic where I have hair. My grandmother was straightening out. She was giving me Shirley Temple curls when I had hair. <laughs> We're going to need to see that. Yeah, definitely. Everybody, everybody, has, everybody has throwback pics. But that's a way that you can celebrate. Again, these may not, this may not be optimal, but okay. this is kind of what we have. Yeah. Um, okay. Also, what you can do is outline why you were fortunate to, if you're ready to do it and you're able to do it because you may be, you know, it may be a lot of sadness still, but write, write down why this person was, they were good for you. Why, why were you fortunate to have this person in your life? Why were you blessed to have this person in your life? And every time you get sad, think about, you know what, you, that's okay. This is what you gave me. And I am, everybody doesn't have what I had with you. Everybody doesn't have that, whether it's a parent everybody's parents, you know, everybody loves their mother, not for real. So everybody may not have the same type of mother that you had. Understand what your blessings, if you don't believe in a higher power, understand where you're fortunate are and where you've been and where you've benefited. Okay. And, And the last thing, depression. With depression, what we want to do again, I am a proponent of exercise. Okay, what you want to do, kind of what I talked about. Now, think about your blessings and benefits, but not of a person. Think about, I'm sorry, I'm trying to stay on task. I'm trying to stay on task here. So think about what your blessings, benefits, and what the benevolence has occurred throughout your life. Instead of 
feeling really sad about it. Identify friends through media that you can talk to and you feel better about. Um, here's the other thing that I want to say, because I know I'm, I'm down to about a minute or two. So yeah, here's what I want to say. If, if your depression is severe, and this is very important. If your depression is severe, meaning if you're sitting up and you have a plan to harm yourself or if this is a pervasive thought that is going through your mind time and time again, here's what I would like for you to do. Any, I would like either you call 911, tell them what's going on, stay on the phone with them until they can get to you. You need to drive yourself to the ER and, and, and you can stay on the phone with them or a friend. Call a friend and say, hey, I need to drive myself to the ER. Can you come by and pick me up? Friend, don't get off the phone with them until you come and pick them up and take them to the ER to make sure they're safe. You can call a mobile crisis line. Most cities and states have a mobile crisis line. In Atlanta, I know where that, that's where the base, the basis of the listeners are. They have something called Georgia Crisis Access Line. That number is 1-800-715-4225. 715 4225 and they also have something called a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is a national number. And that's 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. If you just feel like you just need some help and it's difficult for you to get through this, um, what I would recommend you do is go see a, a therapist. They have therapists on a sliding scale fee. Those could be licensed clinical social workers. All social workers are not trying to take your kids. Because I know that's what we think. Licensed clinical social workers, licensed professional counselors, they could be uh, psychologists. Most psychiatrists just do that management, but some actually do therapy. Okay. Go through your insurance company, EAP, or go, go online anywhere in the United States, somewhere called psychologytoday.com. Click on find the therapist link, put your zip code in, and you can find everything you need there. Well, thank all you, right, Dr. Sue. So we appreciate you for all that great information. And if you get a phone call from a friend, you know, stating that they're under stress or in depression, please take it serious, people. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. All right, Doc. Thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it, y'all. Uh, Doc, we look forward to hearing from you next Thursday. This is Alvin and Edmund on the Old Fashioned Health Show on The Real 1100. The Real 1100. Thank you for listening to this special edition of Old Fashioned Health on The Real 1100. We hope the information provided will help in every way possible. For more information, please visit oldfashionedhealth.com. Tune in at this time next week and stay safe.